I was expecting you. Today, tomorrow, yesterday. It was only a matter of time. Welcome to John Adams High, where you are gonna die, that's right. Hey, little bro, life's tough, get a helmet. They just shot the neighbor! The banger! Well, Sean, I don't want you to take this the wrong way, but you're kind of a babe. The Secret of Life by Plays with Squirrels. Underpants. Mr. Feeney? Mr. Feeney! I love the Feeney call. Welcome, everyone. This is season two of the Feeney podcast. We made it through the first season. We've lived to see another day, uh, literally with the coronavirus still a thing in the world. But here we are. No one thought we would make it this far. Uh, Jacqueline, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I didn't realize that nobody thought we would make it this far. That's really disturbing. But yeah, I'm great. I'm so happy to be back. It's fall. It's very crisp today on the East Coast. Some nice fall weather. So I'm ready for another school year as long as I'm not the one in school. Sure. Yeah, of course. We've got a nice crisp 82 degree fall day here as well on the West Coast. So, you know. Sounds sounds brisk. Yeah. A little chilly. Awesome. Well, just like in Boy Meets World, we basically just fast forward through the summer like it never happened. It seems to be a common thing that happens with sitcoms is, especially with school-aged kids, that's where a lot of the plot takes place. So you just kind of breeze through the summer like it never happened. And you never really get to celebrate the 4th of July or uh, you know any of those other holidays over the summer. Yeah. I was actually, I've been uh, re-watching The O.C. And this is probably the first of many OC references I will make today, but they always start their seasons like right before back to school. So you do get to see some of their like summertime antics and they always have to like fill you in on everything that happened over the summer. But that was like, that was like high drama on a show like Boy Meets World. You just like pretend that these people never saw or talked to each other over the summer and you're just starting from a blank slate. Yeah. I mean, you assume Corey and Sean are going to see each other. They're best friends. They're probably hanging out every day, honestly, but uh, obviously nothing important enough happening to reference in the first episode here. Right. Unlike our lives, which I feel like we had a lot of big things happen this summer. We did. The biggest probably being uh, you got married. I got married. Yeah, we had to, we postponed our wedding then we canceled our wedding. Then we rebooked our wedding <laughs> and ended up doing a lovely little at-home thing at my childhood home. And I'm married and nobody got coronavirus. So success on all fronts. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, it was nice to be able to travel out for that and to be there. And it was beautiful. Your dad did a really nice job helping put that together. Got to see some Boy Meets World Feeny podcast fans in the in the mix as well, which was great to see. So um, it was a really nice event. Yeah. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Josh is actually the one who married me and my husband, Arthur. He performed the ceremony and it was just lovely. It was. I had to cut all of my Boy Meets World references out of that speech for uh, for time purposes, but there's a, <laughs> there's a full unabridged version floating around out there that will uh, debut at some point. Yeah. <laughs> So that was a big highlight. And then a little bit later on in the summer, I got to go back out to Maryland for a little uh, bachelor party action, which Jacqueline helped throw for me, which was really nice. 
Yeah, we had an excellent, uh, very lightly Boy Meets World themed weekend for Josh here in Maryland in beautiful Annapolis. And once again, great time, excellent weather. Nobody got coronavirus. We're, you know, we're all being very safe and responsible. And we did some sailing, did some kayaking. That was a great time. Yeah, really funny kind of series of events leading up to it. So I was already out there before the party and I went and had dinner with Jacqueline and a couple of other folks out on her new porch. And I wanted to get her a thank you because she did, even though she had just finished planning this huge wedding, uh, she turned right around and helped put together a really, really fun weekend for the bachelor party. So I wanted to get her a little thank you. And uh, a friend had recently turned me on to the app called Cameo which allows you to basically search through, I would say, mostly C-list celebrities. Uh, would you agree with that? I would not say it's mostly C-list celebrities, but it is a lot of like character actors, like people that you know from one thing, but that maybe haven't done a lot of other stuff. But there's some big names on there too. Ice T. Ice T is on there. He is. That's a big ticket item. Yeah, he's one of the more expensive cameos. But basically how it works is you can pay either a small amount of money to have that person send you a text message or a larger amount of money to have that person kind of record a little video clip for you or for a friend or for an event. So you have people wishing other people happy birthday or congratulations or uh, all of those sorts of things. And uh, I was kind of scrolling through this app after I heard about it and saw a couple of Boy Meets World favorites on there. Will Friedle plays Eric on the show, and I saw him. Mr. Feeney's on there, which is amazing. Uh, he's got a much steeper price, though, so I was like, you know, I think it would be really fun. I feel like Jacqueline really connects with Eric. Um, it's definitely one of her favorite characters. Let me see if I can get him to record a little message, uh, just kind of congratulating us on the season and uh, and wishing us the best wishes and, and all of that good stuff. And he did, and he turned around a really, really great video. So I did that, and I presented it to Jacqueline a couple of days beforehand to say thank you, and she played it off like she had never heard of this app before and that it was a, this big, huge surprise. So that turned out really cool. Hey, Jacqueline, it's Will Friedle here, and uh, your uh, podcast partner, Josh, there, tells me that you guys just finished season one of the Boy Meets World rewatch uh, that you called Feeny. I love that, and based on the Feeny call, I think that's great. Uh, I just want to congratulate you on finishing season one, and good luck with season two. I know that you and Josh are uh, really firing on all cylinders there, so congratulations on the show. Keep it up. Uh, Josh wanted me to do the Feeny call for you, but in all fairness, I can't because I gave it to the girls on Girl Meets World, but I am going to give you guys some uh, Eric Matthews advice moving forward. First of all, life's tough. Get a helmet. Don't ever forget that. Second of all, lose one friend, lose all friends, lose yourself. And third, and possibly the most important, duckies rule because they are the horsies of the ocean. Keep up the great work on the podcast. I can't wait to hear it. Congratulations! Oh my gosh. First of all, this is so cool. Will Friedle is talking to me. He said my name and he was really funny. Meanwhile, little does Josh know that I had already been working with one of his friends to get him a cameo for his bachelor party. <laughs> so I had to really play it cool and be like, oh my gosh, I've never heard of this app before. This is so amazing. But uh, in the back of my mind, I knew that we already had Feeny lined up for Josh <laughs> to wish him congratulations on his upcoming marriage 
And um, we all, we unveiled that to Josh during his bachelor party in the middle of a heated power hour. So we had Mr. Feeney, William Daniels there giving Josh a great congratulatory message and talking about his marriage to his wife, Bonnie of 50 years. And it was so great. Yeah. Insane. Um, I was, I was floored. Crazy coincidence. Great minds definitely thinking alike there. And I, I, I had no idea it was coming. Jacqueline played off like she had never heard of this app perfectly. We're in the middle of this power hour. So you're, you're, you know, you're watching clips of Britney Spears music videos and all these other things. And all of a sudden there's a special announcement that pops up and I, I just couldn't even like process or comprehend what was happening. It was, it was really amazing. Hello, Mr. Shaw. It's Bill Daniels from Boy Meets World. I hear from your friends that you're getting married. That's great, congratulations. You know, my wife Bonnie and I have been married since 1951, and I hope you will enjoy as many happy years together as we have. Just remember the words of George Feeney, when you find love, hold on to it and cherish it because there is nothing finer. So please stay safe, and best wishes. Yeah, so cool. I must have w- listened to slash watched both of them at least 10 times because it's just so cool. So yeah, we uh, we both had the idea to get each other a secret cameo clip. And uh, big also thanks to Josh's friend Paige for organizing the Power Hour and for uh, organizing the Feeny shout out. But yeah, it was... Uh, Really hilarious. We also had some Boy Meets World themed koozies at Josh's bachelor party, which I will share on our Instagram because I am very proud of them. And they were, they used the uh, season two logo. So very appropriately timed as well. Yeah. I, I mean, the, the logo certainly resonated with me when I first saw the koozies, which were super cool. Uh, shout out to Kelsey for helping put those together too. And uh, so I'm seeing the koozies and obviously recognize the logo. And then I go to watch the episode a few days ago, uh, season two, episode one, and we've got a brand new intro and it's it's that logo and I had no idea. So the timing was perfect. I don't, yeah. did you do that on purpose or is that a, a good coincidence? I sort of did it on purpose. I, I came up with the idea for it to say boy meets wife. And then I went on and started looking at like what font they use and all of this. And then I watched season two, episode one a while back and I saw that intro and I was like, this is perfect. Um, so I, it was on purpose, but you know, it was more like it just spoke to me. Yeah, no, it was really cool. So I've got those and I will cherish those forever. All of the beers I ever drink out of a can will forever be in one of those koozies. So. <laughs> Lots of cool Feeny stuff happening over the summer. We're really excited to be back here with season two. And uh, I think that's enough intro from us for now. We can definitely spill over into some other episodes if we forgot anything. But let's dive into season two. Everyone's a little more grown up. We're heading to high school. Heading to high school. But... They are in seventh grade still. So um, it's high school, but for us, this would still be considered middle school. Yeah, this is kind of predating, I guess, that. So you go high school seventh through 12th grade, which we can talk about this a little bit later once he actually gets to school. But that's a really, really big age difference, especially for those years. It is. And I think that most schools that do that, 
even if they're like a middle high school or a or a secondary school or whatever they call them, I think they usually do still have separate buildings so that like 12-year-olds and 13-year-olds aren't eating lunch with like 18-year-olds, but um, maybe not. I guess that's not how they roll in at John Adams High in Philadelphia. But at any rate, yeah, big age difference. So they are in high school, but they're still little twerps. But, you know, definitely a different vibe to this episode. Yeah, it definitely feels more grown up than uh, some of the more silly episodes from season one. And you're right. I mean, at least they would be in separate wings or even in high school. When we were in high school, the ninth graders were pretty much isolated from the rest of the school for that that year because of that kind of transition to a new school and a new group of kids. But no, they're going to be thrown right into the fray here, as we'll see in a minute. So yeah, um, let's uh, let's dive in. Hit us with a a little bit of an intro for this. All right. Season two, episode one, Back to School. That is the number two. Aired September 23rd, 1994, which is today is uh, September 22nd. So although we did intend on starting this season a little bit earlier in the summer, uh, we picked the first day of fall to align with the new school year which I'm just making up right now because <laughs> it is a coincidence, but it worked out. But, yeah, it works great. Directed by David Trainer, who I believe has thus far directed every single episode that we've watched. So uh, shout out to him. But I think we're going to get some new directors this season. Before I read the episode description, back to school with the number two, I sat here trying to figure out why they did it with the number two instead of T.O., Yep. And I was like, is that the name of a movie? Like, I know, whatever. And then I finally settled on, I think they just did it because it's season two. That's the only thing I came up with, too. I have that okay. scene there, two instead of two question mark. And uh, yeah, the only thing I have is a reference to season two question mark. So <laughs> <laughs> that's all I've got. Okay. I'm glad I'm not missing something obvious because I was about to be like, what am I missing? But yeah, I think that's right. I think it's back to school and they just did season two. So it's a two, like yeah. too fast, too furious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like that. Too fast. Too furious. I'm too fast for y'all, man. Okay. Description. Uh, the, the IMDb mini summary. Corey tries to avoid the difficulties of his transition into high school, but discovers that the best way to get around fear is to face it head on. Um, My description, Corey and Sean majorly overthink how to succeed at high school and end up looking like idiots. (laughs) Their first day of school is chaotic and we're introduced to a slew of new Boy Meets World regulars. Yeah, a lot of new characters all introduced. They jam them all into this first episode. They do. There's they there's really not a do. ton of pop plot because they're really just trying to introduce as many. <laughs> and they introduce a ton of characters that I don't think we'll ever see again or very rarely, like those nerds. Yeah, literally the episode should just be like Corey standing in a hallway with like a, a parade of different people coming through and being like, I'm so-and-so, I'm the bully guy. And then he leaves and the next guy walks in. Like that's pretty much the whole episode. We're going to get 23 episodes this season, so a nice full season worth of episodes. And as we referenced at the end of last season, the only character that really you're not going to see this year that we did last year is Minkus. He is no longer in the show, and we won't only see him one more time graduation, which is going to be a long time from now. So um, we do get a brand new set of characters, but unfortunately, Minkus is not one of them. Uh, R.I.P. Minkus. I will not really miss you, but they do bring in some like heels in this episode, like a couple mm-hmm. of nerd boys. 
And I begs the question, why did they not just keep Minkus if they were going to have this role? But uh, maybe there was a contract dispute. Who knows? Yeah, sure. Exactly. He was holding out for a little bit more and they weren't willing to pay. (laughs) As we jump into this, we mentioned there's a new intro and the first season intro was pretty long it was maybe 15 20 seconds you get a full like each character gets their own little activity and introduction and they really just completely cut that here um which i think is a little early for the game because i feel like the intros to tv shows now are definitely much shorter especially sitcoms than they used to be you know, you think back to like Full House or Family Matters, they kept that full character introduction the entire time. And Boy Meets World skips that for here. They go right into just a short little graphic, a little animation, and then they get right on into the episode. I think the like theme song intro piece, like have you ever noticed that shows they start with a long one and then a season or two in, they make it much shorter, sometimes even like halfway through the season. Yeah, New Girl is a good example of that. They have like the full New Girl song and they actually had like three or four and they would mix them up kind of randomly. Yeah, and like Grey's Anatomy had a really long one with like all this stuff and then they break it down to like this short little four second thing. We're watching Veep right now. Veep does the same thing. So I think like once the show is established, then they're like, okay, they know what the deal is people that are watching don't need the whole thing and they kind of trim it down. But um, I love this intro. This is like clat. Like when you think of the boy meets world intro, this is like what I think of just, um, you know, it's like the little cartoon Corey and the globe like rolling over him. And it's got this like cool jazzy new music to go with it. Yeah, it's it is. It's a little it's upbeat and then you get the actor credits just kind of displayed on screen over the first scene. So you still get the introductions. Corey's name is still listed first. Topanga's a, a season regular now, so she gets up in the credits and then we just move right into the episode. Yeah. Uh so basically the episode starts with it's the first day of school and Corey is being really cocky about this plan that he has to uh, beat high school essentially and his plan is patently ridiculous yeah we get a look at the matthews home looks pretty much the same maybe alan's got a little bit of a fresh haircut amy still got her 90s looking big hair style the whole family survived to season two they didn't cut or replace anyone which i feel like is kind of a big deal because that always happens especially in these like sitcoms yeah, everyone stays, um, and everyone for the most part looks pretty similar, I would say, at least in the in the family. Corey maybe looks a little bit older, but not a ton older. Um, we don't get a lot of Morgan this episode. I think they start to phase her role out a little bit, but yeah, everyone's there, and, uh, and same old, same old in the Matthews house. The fashion is exactly the same. We're, we're getting oversized shirts, tons of layering. Sean is wearing a vest for some reason. They've got flannel, bright colors. So it's like fashion is exactly the same. Eric is still rocking his like, he just fell into the gap look with his chunky sweater and his kids. So yeah, you're right. Everyone's pretty much looking the same. Yes. Yeah. And as you mentioned, Corey's got this plan he's been working on all summer. He's going to make friends with the meanest, oldest, baddest kid in school, kid named Harley Kiner. And his plan is to befriend this kid and then 
basically have his protection because he's in with the coolest kid uh, for the rest of rest of the year. So it's almost the old adage, go up to the biggest kid in class, hit him in the nose, and then you'll never get bullied sort of thing. Yeah, but like what what is so ridiculous about this plan and what I can't believe nobody pointed out to dear Corey is like, he doesn't say he's going to try to befriend like the coolest senior. It's like the most feared senior. I don't think this guy is well liked or cool. He's just like a giant jerk. And Corey's who is probably 18 years old. At least. At least. Cause I, they will reference that. I believe he's been held back. So I'm like, why do you think at like age 12, you're going to become, I guess they're 13 now. I really, I can't keep track, but like, you think this guy wants to be friends with you? Like, just keep your head down and ignore him. This is ridiculous. This plan yeah, sucks. The, plan's, the plan does suck, but. <laughs> the plan is flawed. <laughs> uh, Sean's in on it too. So he comes busting in the back door And he maybe looks a tad bit older, too. He's still rocking the old middle part, long hair look. Uh, But he, to make himself look a little bit older, has glued on some fake sideburns, which just look ridiculous. They look so bad. And he actually has the gall to wear those to school. Like, he, I thought they were just going to be in this scene. And then they were going to heckle him so much that he would take them off. But he actually wears them to school. Yeah, thankfully Topanga's there a little bit later to deal with that issue. So Eric is is basically going to make Corey sign a contract here saying that, listen, Corey, like, I love you. You're my brother. But at school, you cannot talk to me. You don't exist. I don't exist. I am a, what was he? He's like an 11th grader or something like that. Yeah, he's a junior. He's a junior. He doesn't want to be seen with a 7th grader. So during school hours, you don't approach me. And Corey signs it. Not only is Erica Jr., but he now has a car, the thing he has been questing for all of season one. He's got a car. Yes. And we know that because just the open door, back door policy of the Matthews house (laughs) says anyone can just walk in at any time. And their neighbor, Mr. Feeney, makes his first season two appearance. He lets himself in and uh, Corey asks if he's sad that he is losing them as students. And, And Feeney doesn't really say anything. So... We're just assuming that Feeney is, you know, still at the elementary school teaching his class as normal. Um, And as you mentioned, Eric got a new car and we know that because it's blocking Feeney's driveway. And the jokes are flying about the car being like a rusted hunk of metal and it's gigantic. Uh, So I guess Eric probably bought the car with his own money if that's what he could afford. Yeah, pretty crappy car, but at least he's got some wheels to, to go on some dates. He doesn't need to borrow his dad's car, take it without a license, all the hijinks of season one. Right, Um, right. So, Did you notice that Corey and Sean did their secret handshake before they head off to school? I did notice that, and they kind of updated it to make it cool for high school. Yeah, we were, when we first saw that handshake, we were very skeptical that it would make another appearance, but it really has come back several times. Yeah, it has. I will again say that I think this is probably the last time it may happen. No, like, this is it, guys. This is the last time. This is it. This never happens again. I'm going on record as saying it. This is the last time. You've been wrong before, but we'll see. Uh, So let's go to high school. We are now at John Adams High, where we will be for the next foreseeable future. And this kind of hallway scene 
um, and hallway scenery and setting is we where we will spend a lot of time over the next few years. Yeah, it looks all very familiar. This particular like hallway set, I think, is what we have until like they become seniors and they have their like cool senior hall and stuff. But yeah, this is all looking very familiar, very cool. And this is where we see some nerds, which sorry that you're not Minkus, but there they are. And um, these nerds are just like the heels of the episode. Like they appear in every scene and they're basically just getting like trampled in one way or another. Yeah. So they, they kind of walk in and say, this is it. High school. What happens to us now will determine our entire futures. And then Corey and Sean kind of bust in, hit him in the face with the door, and then say, This is it! <laughs> High school! What happens to us now will determine our entire futures. There's also a uh, random kid. We're really meant to just kind of see the chaos of what's happening this first day. So this kid comes through, and he's just wearing his boxers because some seniors took his clothes, which apparently is a prank that happened in the 90s yeah like literally by the way this hallway scene is going you're expecting to see like a trash can on fire somewhere sitting in this hall like they just make it seem like complete chaos people are like hanging from the lockers and this kid has literally no clothes on nerds are getting smacked in the head you know people are like running through the halls it's total madness Yes, complete madness. And then we get our first somewhat season regular here, uh, new character, Frankie Stacchino. Big Frankie just kind of is wandering by and picks up Corey and slams him into a locker. Day one, and he's already getting slammed into the side of a locker. Yeah, so everyone will remember Frankie. He is a very large man. He plays a bully who I believe later will kind of befriend Corey and Sean, mm-hmm. but um, Frankie and his buddy Joey are now, they're the, the first of the new regulars to be introduced to us. But yeah, everybody knows this guy. He's very recognizable. He's huge. I mean, he's like tall and large, but the actor's name is Ethan, Ethan Supley. I'm assuming that's how you pronounce mm-hmm. that. And uh, he's probably, he's been in a ton of stuff, like a ton of stuff that you've heard of. But I would say he's probably most known for Boy Meets World and My Name is Earl. I would, uh, I would say just because it's one of my favorite movies of all time, Remember the Titans. Elastic man, what, what happened to you? Man, I just gave your mom a piggyback ride and she weighs twice as much. <laughs> I've totally forgot he was in that. Of every single actor in this entire show, regulars included, he probably had the best acting career. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, remember the Titans, American History X, The Wolf of Wall Street, My Name is Earl. He has been in a ton of stuff. He was in Motherless Brooklyn, which is with... uh, Ed Norton? Yes. So he was in that with Ed Norton. And in 2011, Ethan lost more than 200 pounds. Yeah, he looks... Complete. I mean, he still looks the same, but he lost so much weight. If you look at pictures of him now, like he's still a sure. huge guy. I mean, he's got a big head and he's very tall, but um, he's lost a ton of weight. He was in um, he had the, uh, he was in like that Santa Clarita diet, which is a terrible show. He was in the reboot of Twin Peaks. Like he's he's consistently worked since before. 
Boy Meets World and yeah. went on to do stuff like consistently after Boy Meets World. So yeah, I, I think I agree with that assessment. We also get Joey the Rat, which I'm not sure if he's if that nickname ever comes out this episode. Do they refer to him as Joey the Rat or do we just kind of know him as Joey? I couldn't remember if they even said that his name was Joey in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I'm pretty sure Joey the Rat has not been introduced yet. We just know that that is who he will be. Yeah, he's um, the squeaky little guy with Frankie here and yeah. will also be in all basically every scene that one is in, they're both in. Right. So yeah, Joey the Rat, he's another regular. He's played by Blake Soper, uh, who was basically a child star. Uh, he was in a ton of stuff as a kid. He was in Salute Your Shorts. Basically had a role in every single kid show, The Wonder Years, Smart Guy, to name a few. And then he left acting and he started the band Rilo Kylie in 1998 with a group of other child stars. But they broke up, sadly. But they had some hits and they were on the OC soundtrack, uh, which is pretty much the holy grail for good indie music, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. If you make it on the OC, like you're going places. Absolutely. Um, yeah, that's a, I was going to ask if you had heard the, of that band before they, he actually went to La Jolla high school here in San Diego and the band kind of formed out in LA, uh, like you mentioned. And yeah, I had no idea that that was him and, and he was in that band. The only reason I knew this before we did this episode, um, cause I've like listened to a couple of Rilo Kylie songs, but I was never a fan. Like I never bought one of their CDs or anything, but they were on like an MTV. I don't know if they were performing at the VMAs or if they were doing like an unplugged or something, but there was this commercial for it and they were like walking up on stage. And I was like, that's the guy from Boy Meets World. And the girl, yeah. And the girl in the band, Jenny Lewis, was also a child star. She was in uh, Troop Beverly Hills, which is a movie I loved when I was a kid. And I was like, that's the girl from Troop Beverly Hills. So I kind of like, became not obsessed but i was like is this what i'm really seeing and like did some research and uh figured out that it was sort of this band of like ex child stars and um yeah jenny lewis was the voice from the postal service and all it's like this whole thing it's awesome that's really cool i i just learned all of that during the research part of this so that is uh that's super interesting this is the rabbit hole that i went down and we can probably cut all of this out, but I have to at least get it out there because maybe it's interesting to someone other than myself. So Ethan Supley, Frankie Stacchino, was in a 2001 indie film that was also starring Tobey Maguire and Leo DiCaprio. So that's an all-star cast, especially even in 2001. Mm-hmm. And Blake Soper, Joey the Rat, wrote the score for that movie. Whoa. And Jenny Lewis, who is also in Rilo Kiley, was also in the movie. So this is like a major like melding of all these boy meets world people so anyway the movie is called don's plum and after it was filmed it was uh toby mcguire and leo dicaprio sued to block the release of the movie and they were successful and the movie has never been released nor is it allowed to be released in the u.s or canada and they also successfully got some of the scenes edited or deleted before it could be released in other countries Does it say why? I don't, I cannot figure it out. Either the movie was like, was it so bad that they were mortified and were like, people can't see this? Or was it like, did the movie take some like really dark turn and they didn't want to be associated with it? I have no idea, but 
apparently it's on YouTube, so I might try to give it a watch, but I was deep in this rabbit hole and I was like, this is so crazy. I was just going to say, I uh, I just found it on YouTube, the full like one hour, 48 minute movie. It, it's all in black and white. Yeah. And I'm just kind of scrolling through the thumbnails. I don't see anything necessarily crazy, but obviously you can't really get any, uh, any context yeah. from that. But that's super interesting. I will let you watch it and then report back. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to watch it, but maybe I'll just do, see if I can do some more research because I discovered this all and I didn't really have time to dig in too much deeper into like what is so bad with this movie. Apparently, it's just like friends sitting in a diner and they just kind of talk and the movie doesn't really have a plot. It's just like they just like sit there and chat and whatever. But I'm I'm intri- I'm intrigued. Let's say that. That is a deep dive. Yeah. So anyway, back to John Adams High School. Frankie Stacchino, he's mad at Corey for almost being in his way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this this is a weird scene. And then we get the first of a couple of, I hesitate to call them gay jokes, but like gay references. I think you mentioned this once before that this is like some sort of a running like quote unquote gag with Frankie that he is like probably gay, but then like has some repressed feelings about it every time Joey says something to him about it. Yeah, I I can't remember if they keep going with these gay quote unquote jokes that are not funny um, or if they just kind of morph his character in a way where they are showing that he has a sensitive side, which is not the same as being gay. But like this show is, I mean, they're, they're doing a bit of a like ham handed job of making a stupid joke. But yeah, essentially like, Joey says something completely non sequitorial and Frankie's response is like, are you saying I'm gay? And Joey's like, no. And then Frankie's like, I got to go be alone with my thoughts and like storms off. So that's how Corey avoids getting beat up by Frankie in this scene is just like Frankie has to go think about if he's gay, I guess. Yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. But that just those definitely wouldn't get written in any show today. It didn't age well. That's for sure. It does not. We get a quick walk by by a good looking blonde girl and Sean definitely perks up there. So we know that Sean is uh, is still into the ladies and he gets distracted. Um, And and all of a sudden we finally get our first Topanga sighting. Finally, Topanga. Who, as they reference in this scene in a kind of a racy way for the first episode of this PG show, but... Uh, she definitely has done the most growing up of all of the characters. Yeah, well, her hair looks great. Mm-hmm. So let's just say that. She looks great. She's got a cute little 90s outfit on. She's looking fabulous. And, you know, she's saying hello to them. And she's like, what are you guys staring at? And Sean was like, is that a new shirt? And Topanga's like, yeah, I got it over the summer. And he's summer's been so good to you so like clearly it's like a topanga grew boobs joke Mm -hmm. to which topanga has the very witty retort of at least what i grew over the summer is real and rips sean's stupid fake sideburns off his face yeah that was pretty funny but i wasn't expecting that line though yeah i mean it was a little bit racy like they did not need to comment on her boobs in that way um but Good for Topanga for calling them out on staring 
uh, and for basically putting them in their place. Yeah. Whether this is due to her also kind of going to a new school and wanting to create a new identity for herself or just the show wanting to take her character in a little bit of a different direction, what we're going to see and what we see right away is that she pretty much has dropped the hippie weirdo, whether it was an act or whether it was her and she's kind of changed, whatever it is, um, she is no longer that kind of weirdo student. She's dressing much more normal. Her hair is much more normal. She even says the word yeah instead of yes, which like struck me after having watched the first season of her speaking very properly. She's become much more of a, a regular kid. Yeah, I think probably what happened is the show realized that she had good chemistry with the rest of the cast and wanted to keep her and just knew that that whole like hippy dippy thing was not sustainable and like her kind of like robotic speaking voice wasn't really going to work. So uh, I think they just sort of threw all that out. It will not yeah. be the it will not be the last time that this show just like tries to pretend that some past plot point did not happen. <laughs> but this was a good adjustment and we've seen shows, I mean Parks and Rec for me is the biggest example of a show putting out a first season and then making some character adjustments to make the characters more likable and um and I think that's what happened here as well. Yeah, that is a really good example. It's kind of the same thing. Like Ron Swanson's character in season one of Parks and Rec was not what it turned out to be because they realized like it would be a lot funnier and it would work a lot better if he was if they made some adjustments. So yeah, true. Yeah, a lot of them. I mean, Andy is super unlikable in the first season. He becomes one of the best characters. So yep, um, they do. Yeah. All right. So Topanga's gone through a little bit of a transformation, and now we're going to get the biggest of the new characters, biggest in in terms of star power. Here we get. Mr. Turner, the new teacher, initially Corey thinks this is actually Harley Kiner. He's got his leather jacket. He's got a motorcycle helmet. He's walking in with a strut. And so Corey is saying, this must be him. This must be the coolest kid in school. And Sean very, uh, very accurately is like, that is Harley. I know it. That is Harley Kiner. That guy's got to be 30 years old. He's a lifer. And I think I made a very good first impression. I mean, clearly this man is too old to be a student, but he's he's got like the aviators on. And I guess I can see uh, why he thinks it's Harley Kiner, but he walks up to him and his opening line. So ugh, apparently this was Corey's plan with Harley was to walk up to him and say, I'm Corey Matthews and I want to be your friend. <laughs> <laughs> like that was your big plan. <laughs> That was his big plan and then offer to like be his gopher and do things for him. And thankfully this gag doesn't last the entire episode or even any longer than it does. We very quickly get the reveal that this is in fact not a student, uh, but a teacher at the school. Yeah. So Mr. Turner is played by Anthony Tyler Quinn. He's been in tons of stuff. He also reprised his role as Mr. Turner for Girl Meets World. But honestly, mostly it's been small roles, so I, there wasn't anything. He wasn't a single episode of Pretty Little Liars, which is great because that's an excellent show. But yeah, he's been just kind of small roles in a lot of stuff. I would imagine this is his most uh, popular and yeah. certainly uh, best well-known role here. And, and it's a great one. He's a, He turns out to be a really good character while he's on the show. Yeah, he does. All right, let's go to homeroom. All of the kids, Corey, Topanga, Sean, they all have homeroom together. Mr. Turner is going to teach them homeroom and English. And immediately, 
kind of starts in on uh, reading the Odyssey, which I've never read and probably should. And I don't know it that well, but it seems like maybe it would be a little hard for seventh graders. We read the Odyssey in ninth grade. I'm pretty sure it was ninth grade. Um, So yeah, a bit advanced for seventh graders, I think. But, um, you know, they needed uh, something that paralleled the plot of the day. (laughs) So just like in season one, they had to like have a parallel going on. So yeah, Corey, uh, we're, we're seeing the parallel between like, Corey getting through this quagmire of of terror and obstacles just to make his way home. And it's literally like paralleling the Odyssey pretty closely. But um, as as usual, same with season one, Corey cannot keep his mouth shut in class and gets himself into trouble again. Get Yep. Gets himself into trouble, rats out his best friend as being the class troublemaker before he's even said a word. Maybe Sean wants to redefine himself as a serious student, but Corey's outed him as uh, the troublemaker and uh, homeroom just does not go well for either one of them, really. It's been fascinating to watch Corey just learn absolutely nothing (laughs) about how to just sit in class and participate and not speak out of turn. And he somehow at the end of this whole thing is now in charge of leading the class discussion on the Odyssey, presumably the following day. That's way too much reading for one night. But uh, if only he could have just kept his little comments to himself, he would not be in this mess. Exactly. That is how the first class of high school goes. And as everyone's getting ready to go to their second class, we realize and Sean and Corey realize a very, very sad thing has occurred that their schedules are not exactly the same. And they actually have different classes. Oh, that's really tough. Uh, So they're going to be they're going to be on their own. We did sort of miss an important, not a plot point so much as a device where uh, Mr. Turner also assigns the class to read an issue of X-Men because Mm -hmm. he's the hip, cool teacher. He's got to show how cool he is. So he tells everyone, all right, well, you can read this X-Men too, because X-Men is a lot like the Odyssey for some reason. Where are all these students going to get a copy of X-Men? I don't think the school's providing it. So that's a question mark, but uh, whatever, you know, he's a cool guy. So he doesn't have to worry about that. (laughs) (laughs) they'll figure it out uh they're all just borrow Corey's issue yeah uh yes so that is where that happens and now in the hallway as uh Corey and sean get separated Corey's really starting to feel the pressure of the day and he sees his brother kind of talking to a group of older kids and so Corey goes up and uh he's he's really just looking for a lifeline at this point but as true as to what eric said earlier on he pretends not to know Corey. Did you notice who Eric was chatting with? I did notice she is going to show up in a couple of these scenes. And I'm really hoping she continues to be a, a series background actor here. I think she's only in one other episode and it is the next episode and she plays a different girl. But uh, we are referring to actress Marguerite Moreau. Uh, better known as Connie from the Mighty Ducks. Oh, what a good character. I know. Connie was so great. Um, she's super cute. And this actress, she was also in Wet Hot American Summer, which was fantastic. And she's been in tons of stuff. She was also in 
the OC, which I believe marks uh, my third OC reference of today. Who is she in that? She plays the comic book publisher who is publishing. She's working with Seth and Zach on getting their like kid Chino comic book published in season two. Do you remember that? I do. I remember the storyline, but I don't remember her in it. Yeah, she she like has a man's name and they think it's like some dude, but then it's her and she's and then they both like have a crush on her, even though she's in her 30s and they're in high school. But at any rate. Gotcha. Yeah, I I think I definitely had a crush on her from the Mighty Ducks movies for sure. Well, every everyone did. Yeah. She was so cute and she played hockey. But yeah, so Eric's flirting with her. And like you said, he just totally shuns poor little Corey. Corey, uh, now as he gets rejected from Eric, stumbles upon Joey and Frankie, and they are both with Harley. So now it is time for Corey to try his little plan out a second time. But this this conversation does not go the way that Corey is hoping it will. Honestly, yeah. He walks up to Harley. Once again, he tries to like pitch himself as a cool guy who's like going to be in Harley's crew. And Harley's totally messing with him. Um, you know, he gives him, he's like, oh, I'm going to give you a cool guy nickname. And he names him Johnny Baboon, which is not a cool nickname. He's making fun of Corey, <laughs> but Corey doesn't realize this. He's just like, oh my God, I'm in. Um, and then of course, a teacher finds them in the hallway after the bell rings and Corey is trying to be a wiseacre and he gets them both sent to the principal's office. And now he's on Harley's you-know-what list for getting him in trouble on the first day of school. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Johnny Baboom, I didn't, I forgot. I obviously remember that this is a nickname that will come up multiple times this season and maybe even into future seasons Corey gets referred to as Baboon pretty much exclusively by Harley. I didn't realize it was actually an anointed name given to him during their first meeting. I didn't remember that either. Uh, and then as soon as he said it, I was like, oh, that's where Baboon comes from. Because he's going to call him that like for the rest of the time he's on the show. But um, Harley, you know, he's your he's your classic tough guy. They kind of did this like 50s greaser thing with Harley he is played by actor Danny McNulty, who really has not been in anything. Virtually no acting career, but he is Harley Kiner. And then he comes back for Girl Meets World. Also as Harley, where I believe Harley has become a janitor. Yeah, at the school that the uh, the kids in the show go to, he's the custodian there. So I think they're just trying, not that there's anything wrong with being a janitor, but I, I think they're trying to show that like, he wasn't the nicest person and now like that's his lot in life. Yeah, exactly. Uh, as you mentioned, played by Danny McNulty. And it turns out, according to the universe, that his real name is actually Harvey and not Harley, which maybe gets revealed in a later episode. It does get revealed. Yes. Okay. So that uh, is a little bit of a spoiler there, but... Major spoiler, buddy. We get... Another kind of like weird Frankie gay joke here and he runs off again. Uh, but as you mentioned, they end up in the principal's office. This this kind of nerdy teacher escorts them to the principal's office. And just as Corey says, my life can't get any worse. What's the only thing that could make it worse? It's Feedy! 
Wrong again, says Mr. Feeney, as he does like a James Bond villain <laughs> spin around in his principal's chair. <laughs> and Corey's like, you know, dumbstruck. But yeah, Mr. Feeney, he's actually acting principal and he is there to rain down justice upon young Corey. Yeah, this whole thing bothers me more than anything else in this episode. Like, one, the fact that the kids didn't know, that potentially the parents didn't know, or if they did, they kept it from them, that like this was all a surprise to everyone for this big reveal. Uh, the fact that a elementary school teacher would then become acting principal at a like high school uh, without you know having assistant principal experience or any other administrative experience. So there are like some things here that just rubbed me the wrong way, but ultimately I understand they're trying to get Feeney. I just, I guess I wish the transition would have been like, he goes to become a teacher there for a couple of years. Uh, and then he goes to become principal later on. And they just kind of throw him right into principal role here. Well, as uh, the hits just keep on coming for Corey, because he is teaching a class there, he's teaching American history and Corey is in his class. Um, so Corey like looks at his schedule. Mr. Feeney's like, you know, get out of my office. He's given Corey a pass on this one. Cause I think he sees that he's with Harley and Corey probably wasn't the instigator, but he's like, get to your next class. And Corey's like, okay, I've got American history with, Mr. <laughs> F- you know, and it's, it's, it's Feeney. It sure is. So he's, he's, I guess he's acting principal, but also teaching American history to the, uh, I don't know what you call them. They're not freshmen. If they're seventh grade, like what's the word for that? But yeah, just to the seventh grade babies. Yeah. Harley gets detention and he is not happy about it. So he is going to, he's going to kill Corey for getting him detention. So Corey, meet me at the bathroom at 3 PM for your, uh, for your death. Yeah. Not just any bathroom, the senior bathroom, which is apparently a thing, but yeah, he literally is like, I'm going to kill you. Come meet me here at this time so that I can kill you. And now Corey has the death cloud hanging over his head for the rest of the day. And, um, we get ourselves a classic lunchroom scene. Love some scenes in the cafeteria. We get another one of the nerd gags. Same, the same gag here with like the nerds coming in. We see Eric. He's sitting with two beautiful girls, just the three of them. So uh, he seems to be having himself a great little day. And this cafeteria is basically just as small and crappy as the old one. Yep. Looks pretty bad. <laughs> Uh, Mr. Turner is having lunch in the cafeteria inexplicably. I really don't remember teachers doing that, but he's sitting at his table having lunch and Mr. Feeney uh, expresses his disappointment that Mr. Turner assigned X-Men. And it's like, come on, Mr. Feeney, just like, you're not even the real principal. Just let the man do some X-Men. But he's basically leaves and he's like, I've got my eye on you, cool guy. So there's a little conflict brewing there between the two of them. Eric is chatting up these two ladies, including Connie from the Mighty Ducks again. And he says he has a car and it's the new Mustang Buick. Yeah, I never heard of that, but it must be nice. (laughs) I think it's... um... I think it's not nice, but yeah, you have the new Mustang and he's like, oh yeah, sure, sure do. And then Corey and John are eating their lunch and Corey is eating chicken on the bone, which would literally (laughs) never be served in a school cafeteria. Not just eating it, but like he's just holding a chicken wing in his hand as he's like hanging out in the cafeteria. 
Yeah, it's bizarre. And Harley comes in the cafeteria and screams that he's going to kill who, like, I'm going to kill whoever ate the last piece of chicken. And I mean, the way they're like portraying the school, it's like total anarchy. I like, you don't think Mr. Feeney would have been like, hey, buddy, you can't threaten to kill people and scream at everyone. Like, get out. You know, I, I just, this is so insane. Like, are the are the teachers there or aren't they? Yeah. Even more egregious than that is, how are you going to run out of chicken on the first day of school? <laughs> and who wants to eat school chicken on the bone? It's probably dry as hell. Ugh. The whole scene's weird. Sean says, you know, like, go to Eric for help. I know that he doesn't want you to bother him, but, like, this is pretty serious. You need to go. So Eric goes over and kind of discreetly meets Corey by the fountain as he's just standing there holding his little chicken wing. And basically Eric's advice is just go to the nurse and fake sick so that mom and dad can come pick you up and you don't have to worry about this fight. Uh, Yeah. So Corey is taking that advice and he's going to just try to avoid this whole conflict with Harley, even though he's a chicken as he's eating chicken. (laughs) Ha ha ha. Great joke. We get our nerds and Corey sitting outside the nurse's office. Corey has decided he's going to take the advice. He's going to go to the nurse. He's going to kind of hide. And as he's sitting there talking to these nerds, they're basically saying, yeah, we're going to we're going to be here every day. We're going to avoid conflict. We're going to put our heads down. We're just going to get through these six years and then we'll go to college and, and be fine. And this is kind of where Corey has his little epiphany of the episode that says, I don't want to be a coward for six years. I I needed to go and and fight and stand up for myself. Yeah. Corey realizes that he doesn't need to take this lying down and he, he's not being very brave about it. He's basically sulking and like marching to his death. So he leaves the nurse's nurse's office and Mr. Turner approaches him and is like, Hey buddy, we survived the first day. Like, and Corey's keeps making these very macabre statements. Like, Oh, I guess I'm just going to be dead tomorrow. And like, oh, and Mr. Turner isn't like, hey, is everything okay? And Corey, <laughs> Corey doesn't like ask him for help and say like the senior, this 20 year old man is trying to kill me. Uh, instead, he just lets Mr. Turner leave. And then he's, uh, we have a series of various people coming to Corey's rescue as he, uh, as Harley kind of comes out and is ready to kill him. Yeah, first Eric shows up and says, listen, man, I've got your back. And Corey kind of lets him off the hook and says, no, I got to do this myself. So uh, Sean runs away. And then right as uh, Corey tries to stand up for himself, Eric shows up and the conscious gets the better of him. And he decides he's going to stand up for his little brother. So he kind of shows up. And uh, then Harley's like, well, two baboons. I'll just wipe out the whole family because I'm bigger and stronger than both of you combined. And that's when we get the real hero show up. Mr. Turner. Dun, 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 save the day. Yeah, apparently, apparently those hints Corey dropped. <laughs> they were not, on. <laughs> they were not <laughs> subtle hints. Corey was like, well, I'll be the one lying face up with a toe tag. Yeah. <laughs> like, and Mr. Turner's like, cool, man. Have a good night. Bye. <laughs> Somehow it clicks in his brain uh, that he maybe needs to double back and see what's going on. So he does. And Mr. Turner shows up. He's Harley's worst nightmare. Yeah, it was funny. He's like, you're a teacher. What do you teach? Oh, English lit and kickboxing. And they have kind of a funny exchange, which like, 
honestly, I mean, you've been a teacher, but I don't think this, this guy has a lot of energy because after the first day of school, there's no way that a teacher is sitting to have like witty banter with this kid who was about to beat up a 12 year old kid. Like he would literally just be like, you're out of here. You're going to the principal's office. You're getting suspended. But instead he's like, uh, you couldn't take me, man. Like, ha ha ha. And like making all these jokes. They're really playing up this, like, Mr. Turner is this cool guy thing. Um, but ultimately he does save the day. He Harley gets lost. Nobody gets beat up. And, um, you know, Eric realizes that he shouldn't have ignored his brother on his first day of high school. Exactly right. I uh, noticed in this scene, I don't know why I didn't necessarily notice it as much in earlier scenes, but uh, this is really one of the, I would say, all-time best TV character mullets. You know what? It's a great mullet in that it really it doesn't look like a mullet. I mean, it's right. it certainly is, but it kind of works for him. I, I, I don't mind it at all. It's very 90s. The whole look is very 90s with like the oversized shirt and the like kind of baggy pants. And I think it works for him. Looks good. Yeah, it does for sure. I mean, like back, in, you know, the Patrick Swayze look during the 80s and uh, the baseball fans out there will remember Randy Johnson's mullet. But it's it's right up there. It, it's very fitting. And I noticed it in this scene. Did Mario Lemieux have a mullet? Because it was kind of giving me like Mario Lemieux curly dark hair vibes. Uh, Yarmir Yager, I think, was. That's who That's who I'm thinking person. of. Yeah. Yes. That's because we used to make jokes about my dad kind of looking like Yarmir Yager back in the day. Yeah. For you hockey fans out there, that's a that's a classic mullet from the 90s. Uh, so, yeah. So we uh, we find Sean a little bit later and he's in the locker and him in the uh, the blonde girl that had been kind of in and out of the episode are making out. So, you know, it turned out to be a pretty good day for Sean. Yeah. Everything's coming up. Sean today, he's in a locker, which inexplicably holds two uh, people <laughs> and he's sucking face with this girl. But, um, and Corey's just like, Ooh, big lockers in high school. So, you know, he made it through the first day. He didn't die. And, uh, I guess they, they live to fight another day. They sure will. It's only the first day of school. We've got a lot of days coming up. The last scene here is pretty much just a throwaway scene. It literally Terrible. like adds nothing to anything except for Morgan gets to say a second line of the episode. It's a it's a terrible post credit scene. The family, you know, Corey and Eric get home from school. And the family is all inexplicably sitting Already on the couch. Why? Yeah. yeah, they're they're all home. They're all on the couch watching TV together at like three p.m., which would never happen in any household. Uh, so, but and then Corey and Eric get home from school and are just like, "Okay, family, let's all like huddle on the couch together." And it's it wasn't great. No, it's terrible. The parents don't seem concerned at all that Corey had almost gotten beat up and was being bullied and slammed into lockers. There's no questions about how the day was. It's Morgan's watching TV, so let's all sit on the couch. But yeah, the disappointing end to that that there. But that wraps up episode one, season two, in the books. And we've got a lot to look forward to here in high school coming up. I'm so excited. You know, this episode, I feel like it's going to take a couple episodes to really warm up. This one was really, like you said, it was just introducing a ton of new characters. We're not at like peak season two yet, 
but we'll get there soon enough. I'm excited. There's about to be a lot of cool stuff going down. We're going to have a budding romance between Corey and Topanga, a budding bromance between Sean and Mr. Turner. Uh, we're going to have a lot more Feeny. Morgan's going to slowly get phased <laughs> out. Um, there's going to be some some new hijinks with Corey and Sean. So I'm really excited for season two. I've been looking forward to some of these like uh, different topics, like, you know, a little bit more mature subject matter, but, um, we're, you know, we just gotta, we just gotta warm it up a little bit. Yeah, for sure. Good episode to bounce back on. We will be putting out episodes once a week. Thank you for joining us again. And we really look forward to watching the season with you all. Yeah. Ditto. New episodes come out on Friday. Follow us on Instagram at Feeny Podcast. And uh, you can like us on Facebook as well. We share some fun pictures uh, that will give you serious nostalgia. And I think that's it. Looking forward to season two, man. Yeah. Same here. Maybe we'll get like a little merch store set up too. If we can find some time to do something like that, that would be fun. But otherwise, thank you all again. And we'll see you again next week. Bye.